Gather round, children. This is the Dice Tower Network. The Broken Meeple, Season 1, Episode 27. The UK Games Expo Preview Show Thing Talk Whatever. The UK Games Expo is just around the corner, and just in case you thought it was too late, nah, it never is. There's still time to get in my preview episode of what I'm looking forward to at the Expo in general, and some highlighted games that I'd like to draw your attention to. What's there that I'm after? What am I really going to the Expo for? Find out now, in this preview episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of The Broken Meeple and this intro is slightly different you'll think to many others. That's because this is a dual purpose episode. I wanted to do a preview episode for the UK Games Expo that's just around the corner on my podcast and then I thought some people want to see some pictures and bits and bobs so I thought you know what I'll do one for both. So I'll do this episode, which will, the audio only, will go on the podcast, as some of you are listening to, hopefully on your car journeys to the expo now, or in video form so that you can see a few pictures if you like. I will certainly try to not have too much in the way of visual representation in this episode, you know, because it's just going to be pictures on the screen. It's not like I'm going to be getting out a board game and showcasing it off or anything, but hopefully you'll still be able to get a feel of what I'm trying to say, both in the video form and the audio form. So, let's get on with it. Yes, the UK Games Expo, the UK's biggest convention, bar none, that goes on, you know, for once a year. I wish it was more often. Actually, maybe not. <laughs> I need some free time. But the UK Games Expo is, like, just a great place to go. I have been going for... ever since I started, actually. Ever since I started blogging. I missed it in 2004. 13 I think or 14 when I started blogging because I started just after the Games Expo had finished and then I went every single year throughout so I was there when it was just finishing up its time in the in the Hilton Hotel when it used to be literally just the Hilton Hotel and then as it's expanded to the NEC Centre in Birmingham it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger it is now taking up two halls instead of one now which is phew it needs to although Let's not go mad, people. Let's not get it too big for its own good. More on that later. But, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger. It's getting better and better. And I love going to this expo. So I cannot wait to go uh, next week. I'll be there from Thursday evening all the way to Sunday evening as well because I need to be there for the press event that's going on in Hall 2 on Thursday afternoon shortly before the open gaming opens up. So for this episode, I am likely to be sweltering because it is... It is Bank Holiday Monday and it is hot. It's hot in the UK right now and this is a new build house which means it just sucks up the heat and doesn't let go of it. And in order to avoid any background noise from outside I need to shut the window which means I am... If you see glistening drops on my face, <laughs> you know, or if you can hear the trickle of water on the audio then you'll know that's just me literally melting away. But, you know, needs must in order to have a decent audio for this episode. So I've been getting my, uh, you know, various bits and bobs together. So I've got, uh, you know, list of the press event exhibitors here. I've got the UK Games Expo uh, guide. You know, you can get that off the website. I've got the bring and buy list all ready to go with games that I've done. I've got the map, you know, the very useful map where I've annotated the main things I'm looking for. 
and I've even gone onto uh, Tabletop Together's website and printed off a sheet of the main games that I'm looking for with their hall locations and numbers. If you've not heard of that tool, it's a great tool done by Tabletop Together and it basically, every time a convention comes along, they use the geek list from uh, BoardGameGeek as well as some recommendations from other people and they put together this big checklist for the games that are going to appear at a convention whether in demo form or in full retail form, and then you prioritize whether you want them or not. <clears throat> so you essentially go like, you know, like, maybe, want, need, n don't care, you know, that sort of thing. And once you've done it all, you can filter the options, you can see what you need, and then you can print out the list in order of priority or whole number. It's a really great tool. It even has links to BoardGameGeek and publisher websites in order for you to find out about the game. What I tend to do is I basically go through the entire list and I skim through and check off anything that I really have no interest in. And that's not to say I think the games are bad that I don't have an interest in. It may just be because they're not my type of game. Maybe because I'm not a fan of the, like, the publisher's previous games. Maybe that I'm not a fan of the designer's previous games. Or maybe it's just a genre that I'm not interested in, like, say, children's games. You know, I'm not, I tick off every single game that says children's game as a description because, well, I don't have kids and I don't often play with kids, therefore why do I need to worry too much about children's games? It's just not my thing. However, there is obviously a, a lot of games on that list. I did find myself checking off quite a few as Ignore, though. More so than in previous years. And that's not to say the Expo doesn't come up with good games, but... What tends to happen in this industry is the the expo tends to just showcase games that you've heard of, but haven't maybe got around the plane from previous years, or like the highlighted, like really good stuff. And then it also, you know, highlights a lot of indie publishers, the small time publishers. And the problem I have with that is that I don't know anything about these publishers or the games that they're doing. So I'm literally stabbing in the dark, and that means the game literally has only a picture, a small blurb, and mechanics to sell me on the game. And, you know, I'm at a stage now where I want to see innovation in games. I want to see a game that says it's going to be different. This is, like, not going to be just, like, you know, the next Lords of Waterdeep, you know, worker placement game. This is going to be different because of this. And that's what intrigues me. Unfortunately, I scroll down that list and I see a lot of games that sound like they're just copying other games that are just basically, oh, you know, we want you know, this 50th edition of Cards Against Humanity-isk game for party people. Or they use like play on words that just sound more like a gimmick, you know, I mean, there's only so many times you can have the word orc in a title phrased slightly differently with play on words. And that's not something I'm looking for when I go for games. So as you can see, this list is one A4 sheet of paper, one-sided. That is it. There was what, like a couple hundred games on there, I think? There was quite a few games on there. And I've literally got one page of A4. That's it. Now, that's, you know, some of those games are ones that I've already played. So, I mean, I'll say straight off the bat now, I think that if you have not played games like, uh, well, to be fair, go to places like Fantasy Flight, Asthma Day, you know, you know, all the big publishers, go to their booths because I'm sure you will find something from previous years you've not played yet. And there are some games that haven't come out yet that I have already played that I haven't put on the list simply because I've already played them. The best one I can think of is probably uh, Dice Hospital by Alley Cat Games. You know, this is a really cool dice placement, sort of semi-worker placement game. And, you know, you're trying to 
cure the patients in your hospital, there's different types, they tick down in their health as you're trying to build rooms and get assistance in order to cure them better, and it's about trying to be efficient with your hospital. It's a really cool game, I've only played like prototype versions of it, but it's, I think it's going to look the business, I've already backed the Kickstarter, but I've played two games of it. So I already know this is a game I'm going to get and that I want, so I don't need to go to the booth to play it again. But I recommend that if you are going past Alley Cat's booth, that you go and check that game out. So call that an honourable mention. So, you know, I'll get onto the games a bit later, but what am I looking for at the Expo in general? Mainly just to meet people and just soak in the atmosphere. That's one thing I get out of the UK Games Expo. Because there's a lot of people I know on like Facebook and Twitter and, you know, so other social media channels through, you know, publishing this blog. But I don't get to meet you very often. You know, you're either all the way up the other end of the UK, or you're overseas even, and you're visiting, or maybe everyone's just busy. Well, it's good to be able to have everyone just congregate into one place and allow me to meet them. And that's all sorts of people that I've known for ages. That's just like, oh, good to meet you again. You know, shake the hand, have a chat, grab a game, grab some dinner. And it's just good to, you know, just socialize and just take in the fact that you're at a convention where everybody there is a gamer fan, or at least half a gamer fan, it depends how many spouses or uh, you know husbands and wives and that are being dragged along by the other partner. I know that I dragged my girlfriend to one convention already, but she enjoyed it, so unfortunately she won't be coming with me to this convention because I figured this would be a bit much for her. You know, she's already been with me to Aircon, which is a great convention, but that one was more mostly to do with playing games, and I figured that was the good thing, that was the convention I wanted her to go to. This is more of a trade fair slash networking thing. I have to do a lot of work as the blogger. So I kind of wasn't as keen to bring her along to this one. And she agreed as well. I mean, I think there's a bit of a step too far. Get her more into games and then we'll see. So, you know, as well as meeting people, I want to get in some games, you know, demos of games that I've heard of, but never got around to playing. I'll go on to those in a minute. And, you know, just generally have fun. I mean, that's the main reason you go to an expo, isn't it? You want to look around all the stalls, you want to soak in, like, the different, you know, look, meet artists, meet designers, check out all these games that you've never heard of, grab a few demos every now and again, just talk to people, you know, grab accessories. I like going around the accessory stands and saying, oh, do I fancy these cool dice, or do I fancy that dice tower, or maybe these wooden inserts, um, you know, things like basically wooden are there, and, uh, you know, Gigason with their tables, and, uh, you know, uh, broken tokens sell a few of their things via some of the retailers. I love checking out those inserts and those various cool accessories. And it's not that I'm going to buy them all. I mean, they're expensive. I'm already on, you know, a Gigason table here. I don't need another one. Although, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I haven't got the money or the space. And this one, <clears throat> this one already takes up a lot of space in this room as it is. So, you know, just generally, I like to shop around. I like to just soak it in. I'm going to be on the Dice Tower booth at various moments, so if you want to you know, meet up with me and chat, you'll see me wandering around in my blog t-shirt, feel free to stop me and just say hi, shake my hand, you know, I was about to say punch me in the face, maybe not, <laughs> so, uh, you know, just, you know, just set up and say hi, you know, doesn't matter, you know, if, if, if I look like I'm heading somewhere in a hurry, then stop me anyway, I'll let you know that, you know, I'm heading off somewhere and I'll, you know, pleasantly, politely say goodbye and ask to maybe meet me later or just say you can find me at this place at this time, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, you know shout at you or anything for stopping me in my path, don't worry, unless I know you and have a good reason to, but <laughs> that's a different story. So, Dice Tower booth, yes, uh, Dice Tower will be there. Not Sam Healy, unfortunately. He's got family matters to deal with back in 
you know, Florida, nothing you know, major, but just, you know, double clashing of events. Uh, so just Tom and Z will be there, and I'll be on the Dice Tower booth helping them out, as I do each time. So looking at my map, I'm there they're at Hall 1, J32, and I'm going to be there at 5 o'clock on Friday, and this is for, like, hourly shifts. Uh, so 5 o'clock on Friday, so at the end. Uh, 9.30 in the morning on Saturday, as well as 2 p.m. I'm taking over, uh, I'm relieving somebody at that time. And Sunday at 1 p.m. I might be there at other times because I'm dropping bags off or I'm helping out or, you know, I just feel like, you know what, I've done enough of this expo, do you guys need a hand? But those four hourly slots, I'm definitely at the Dice Tower booth, probably helping them sell promos or, you know, you know, populate the Dice Tower network and such. So, if you want to chat to me personally, then just feel free to head there at that time. <music> Lastly, before I get on to the games, I want to highlight uh, some factors that you might want to consider, especially if you're new to the expo. Firstly, nobody likes to carry around a ton of games or, you know, have to hold bags forever. And even in my case, you know, I've got some ligament damage on my fingers, so I've got to be careful about uh, carrying too heavy bags on this occasion. So if you have nowhere to store your, you know, collection of games you've bought or that you've bought for open gaming, then here's a couple of things to bear in mind. Firstly, the open gaming does have a big substantial library, so don't feel that you need to bring every game you have in your collection in order to play open gaming. And there'll be one in the Hilton Hotel, there'll be one in Hall 2. So again, don't feel you've got to bring everything. Secondly, uh, GamesQuest will be helping out by having a, what they call, shop and drop. And I forget where it is, it's uh, the top corner of Hall 1. So imagine that you've gone through the entrance, uh, look, you know, say that you're on the bottom right corner of Hall 1 when you walk in, the top left corner will have the shop and drop. Pay two quid, you can store your games in one of their crates or boxes or whatever they've got around there. It's a small little fee, but they take it off you, and as long as you collect them by the end of the day, they're safely stored and you can just add to it as time goes on. Very handy if you think that you're going to empty these trade stands of a lot of games and you don't want to carry them around because trust me, when you are walking around this place for many, many, many hours, the less you've got to carry weight-wise, the better. Uh, a few other little tips. Uh, definitely for newcomers, I suggest that you have comfortable walking shoes because if you do not, you will feel those blisters by the end of the day because you do a lot of walking. You know, I've even bought some new trainers to replace the ones I've got because they were falling apart. These ones I know are comfortable for walking, so hopefully they'll do the trick. Secondly, you need a ton of water. A lot of water. It's no good expecting to go around food stalls and buy water because it'll be expensive. You know, this is the NEC center. It's at a convention. You know that food and drink is going to come at a premium. Therefore, you need water carry several bottles of water on you or one giant bottle of water and be prepared to fill it up at a tap from a, you know, a WC or something at public convenience. You know, you know, water is water at the end of the day, but you certainly need the water. I'm not saying it's going to roast in there, but we're in a period of hot weather at the moment and it's relatively well air conditioned in there, but you're going to be walking around. There's a lot of people. You're going to be thirsty. You're going to need the water. Take water. I cannot stress that enough. And while you're at that, you know, take some snacks as well. Make certain that you can, uh, you, know, you know, get in, you know, get some nourishment as you go through. Just take some fruit, some nuts. That's a good healthy way to do it. If you want to be unhealthy, fine. Take a chocolate bar if you want. But, you know, fruit and nuts, I think, are the best things to take. A protein bar, I, I usually take. Those are great. 
you know, to get some energy and some sugar in your system, you know, just nice little simple things like that. Okay, you're gonna need a good lunch and a good dinner at some point, but there are food stalls outside that I recommend, outside the Hilton and the NEC, for getting a decent lunch. You know, healthy, <laughs> healthy lunches vary, but you know, you'll be able to get a reasonable meal. Won't be the cheapest thing in the world, but at least it will be a meal. And certainly if you're staying at a local hotel, feed up on breakfast. A lot of breakfast, <laughs> you know, just nom 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 nom. Get in all that breakfast you can so that you don't have to worry about eating for a long time. Bulk yourself up, it'll do you fine. Uh, next up, Brin and Bai. The Brin and Bai is hugely popular, really popular. And if you're looking for a bargain, there are some great games to find in there. But, <laughs> be warned, the Brin and Bai has a high queue system, okay? The, you know, it's gonna be open for registration on Thursday evening as well as early in the morning to get your games in. But you have to put them on the website via your account first. And I've already done that. This is so that they can look it up on their system, print out the labels and you're good to go. Whether it will work that quickly though kind of depends. They have been prone to technical failures in the past and you know, the best laid plans of off mice and men, Afghan Aglay. So you're gonna to have to accept that it won't always go to plan. So I recommend that if you're going to go to the Brin and Bite, get there early. Don't expect to turn up halfway through the day and just be able to zoom right through. And even at the end of the day, you might be a little bit hard pressed. Get there early, make that your first point of call. If you are dropping games off or going around for a browse, first thing you do, go to the Brin and Buy. Get in that queue early if it starts forming. I don't know how big this area is gonna be compared to the last time, but don't expect it to be huge. You know, they do queue up quite a lot. I will be dropping my games in the second the press preview finishes on Thursday evening get them in, and then crucially, leave them alone. <laughs> Do not expect to go through the Brin and Buy like six times a day. It's not gonna happen. You know, I, I usually drop my games in, and then that's it. I don't even go around to shop around the Brin and Buy much anymore. I'll go around occasionally, like maybe I'll go in first thing in the morning, or last thing in the evening, and I will basically sort of go, oh, let's see what bargains there are. But you've got people there that will camp. They, they would camp in a tent outside the Brin and Buy in order to try and grab the cheapest bargain that they can. I mean, they are like vultures. You know, literally like, arr, arr, flying in, trying to grab all these bargains before anybody gets a chance to see. They do exist and they will be there. Trust me on this. So, like I say, get in early and just have a couple of look around. Get your games in nice and early and then you don't have to worry about it. It's one stress off your mind. I'm just gonna dump them all in. I might go back on one occasion, maybe like ending of Saturday, to lower prices if none of them are selling well. And then on Sunday, you know, well, here's a good selling tip. Put it at whatever price you want for Friday and Saturday. Leave it, don't touch it. And then at the end of Saturday, check again. And if your price, if your games are still not selling, can, and everything else appears to be, then slash the prices. And I mean slash them. Don't just do like 5% off or something ridiculous. I mean slash those prices because anything's better than trying to post games these days with increased postage costs. And at the end of the day, you want less to take home because you've probably bought loads of stuff. And I apologize if you can hear some dogs in the background. But yeah, definitely be wary about you know, what times and what you do around that Brin and Buy. It can be a nightmare if you don't do it right. Okay, I think that's enough on the sort of tips and things like that. Uh, you can see the battery light on my, ca uh, my camera is going down a bit, so I might have to recharge this at some point. But uh, let's get on to some of the games that I'm looking forward to. And like I say, it's not a huge amount, I admit. 
So I'm just looking down my list of the tabletop together thing and like I say some of these I have played uh, once or so and some of them I'm more intrigued by than desperately want but you know I want to try and see anyway and I've got my iPad here in case I need to find some uh, specific information on these. So first up, I want to go to a Porter Games and look up Santa Maria. This uh, was released in 2017, but it was supposedly a streamlined but reasonably complex Euro game of which you're developing a colony. I've heard good things from reviews about this game, but I've never really seen a UK copy of it, or perhaps it's just breezed by me and I haven't realized. But this is one that intrigues me. I'd like to get a demo of it. I'd like to play it. And apparently there's an expansion out as well, like um, uh, Santa Maria Americans or something like that. I forget what it's called. I wonder if it's on the screen. Uh, nope, I can't see it. But it looks interesting. Looks very colorful. Looks quite fun to play. Yes, this isn't the brand new hotness, but this is an opportunity for me to go and try it out now because it sounds right up my street. Okay, uh, next one up is... I'm, I want to try and get another game of this again, but failing that, maybe you could call this an honourable mention because I have played it already, and that is Pictomania by Vlada Shavato at Czech Games Edition. Now, Pictionary is a horrible game. Stupid. If you can't draw well, you suck at the game, it's bad. Don't like it. I much prefer Telestrations that I've got on the shelf below me. That one is a great party game for drawing, just even if you can't draw for toffee. Pictomania likes to take what Pictionary is and fix all the problems that it has with it. Because you are still drawing, but whilst you're drawing, you're, you're drawing specific words from the, like this grid, but you're also trying to guess what your opponents are drawing as well. So there's an added deduction element. And even if you can't draw that well, as long as you can get the general gist of what you're drawing across, that's all they need. And by process of elimination, people will be able to figure out what one you're drawing, even if your drawing's not perfect. And on top of this, you have to be quick to get the deduction element in on the other players because the longer you leave it, the less points you get if you're correct. So all these budding artists that are like going, oh yeah, I can get the little details in and put a little seagull there on my beach thing. They're taking so long to be really good and artistic that they're not getting in on the rest of the game. So not being able to draw well isn't as big a deal in this. I played it with like Roddy Watchit played and uh, you know Efka and you know um, Michael May and Paul Grogan and Mike Mark Cook. It was like a basically a celebrity moment around um, Aircon. It was a great experience. I thought this was a great little party game. It basically fixes everything that's wrong with Pictionary. Definitely worth a look. And I don't normally say that about a lot of Vlada Shavato games. So uh, you know, gotta give credit on that. So next on the agenda, we have Chocolate Factory, also from Alley Cat Games. Now this is kind of a weird one with me, because um, with this one, it could be a hit or miss. Now, first things, the things that are against it for me is the fact that this is set in an early 20th century, so we're talking historical-ish themed, which is not something I go for. And it's also kind of, from what I'm seeing here, an economic game. So not usually a genre I go for, but, Here's what's leaning it more my way. Firstly, 45 to 90 minutes, not a particularly long time, so it's not gonna be stupidly heavy. It's also uh, about making chocolate. You're running a chocolate factory, and that's the name of the game, coincidentally. So already, that's a pretty cool theme. I mean, I'm already getting a kind of a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory type vibe from this. And also, it's designed by Matthew Dunstan, who, like I say, hit or miss, but 
for the most part, some of his games have really sung home with me. I have Elysium on my shelf still over there, and I've recently reviewed Pioneer Days down there. So both of them have ended up in my collection, and he's done some other cool games that I either want to try or have played. You know, not every single game I love from him, but, you know, he's really coming up. He's a, he's, we don't have many UK designers. It's nice to have some pretty up-and-coming UK designers. And so I want to give this Chocolate Factory a go. It's only there in demo form. Maybe it's only a prototype, but... For a 45 to 90 minute economic game, I could probably swing with that. Uh, same also from Alley Cat Games, like I say, they do feature a bit. This is not sponsored by Alley Cat Games, it's just the way it happened to be when I looked through these games. We didn't have Coral Islands, and Coral Islands, I don't know a lot about this game. Only that it's split into two different games, which has me slightly worried, because when games do that, it's not often that they work, but... This one just looks very nice. You're essentially, you know, building giant blocks of dice, you know, lots of different colored dice, and you're manipulating like coral reef and animals in order to uh, sort of mingle with them for points. And that's about as much as I know really on Coral Island, but it looks beautiful with all the different like light colored dice, translucent dice there. You're stacking them up. It kind of gives me a kind of blueprints vibe, if you remember that. And dice stacking and things like that, you know, things like Zagrado, which, okay, you're only doing it a single layer, but, you know, having pretty translucent dice everywhere that you can stack around for various things, I think it's going to be a very picturesque game, and I think it should be quite a nice little entertaining light filler game. The fact that it's split into two, though, we'll have to see how that pans out, but certainly at least the first one, which is more the stacking element, certainly has caught my eye. Now, next one I'm not overly desperate for, but I'll check it out anyway, and that's the Asmodee stand for Century Eastern Wonders. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Century Spice Road. I preferred Imaginarium, even though that's got its problems as well, and, you know, I just didn't really go for the Century Spice Road. I would rather just play Splendor. You know, Splendor I just think works better and quicker. But the thing with this one, you know, being a sort of pick up and deliver game, being able to link with the old one, I don't know how that's going to work. It does look good, you know, picturesque and nice, but then so did the other one, and, you know, the theme was never there. I'm expecting the theme to be equally as tacked on here. So this is about as low in my, you know, anticipated list as I can get, but I'm still going to give it a try. Maybe, you know, just because the first one didn't sing to me, maybe the second one will. I don't have to combine it with the first one. I could just try this one on its own. And for something that's probably only going to be like a, what, a 60, yeah, 30 to 45 minute game, give or take, let's say an hour, you know, not exactly much time out of my life to try it. Uh, let me have Life Form. Now, Life Form, I'm worried that this is going to be going on the, the same premise as Nemesis. Because if you remember the Nemesis Kickstarter, you know, where you're on a ship and there's an alien chasing you and you're trying to get off it and do certain things. I tried that. That really fell for me. I mean, everybody's gone mad with the Kickstarter, mainly because of the miniatures look gorgeous, but the gameplay itself was severely lacking, and there was a ton of downtime, and quite a fair bit of luck involved, and not much variety. I just wasn't a fan of Nemesis. Lifeform's kind of that similar theme. You know, you're on a ship, you're one of these colonists, and there's a nigh-indestructible alien chasing you, and you're trying to activate the self-destruct and get off. But this one... Sounds like it does it slightly better, or at least in a more meaty fashion, because you have a lot of different astronauts with different abilities. It claims to have a very unique self-destruct system, which I'm not quite certain how you have a unique self-destruct system. I mean, you press the button, it counts down, and thing goes boom, what do you want? But one thing that caught my eye with this was that it's trying to emphasize the horror theme, which is good, because I want more games to emphasize the horror. Um, everybody's got a unique deck of cards. 
good, yeah, you know, unique player, you know, differentiation, I like that. Uh, you know, the alien can do all sorts of things, like attack, cocoon, activate malfunctioning androids, and that can do all sorts of cool stuff, so I'm thinking, oh yeah, we get a nice aliens vibe here. Uh, doesn't use dice, so there's no, none of that luck thing. And the map, if it's the game I'm thinking of, the map has, is very big, I mean, this is one big spaceship you're going around, and I'm worried that it might get a bit cluttered as a result, but looks to be quite an involved game that emphasizes that horror theme. I at least want to check this one out. It's also claiming that it doesn't take more than an hour to play. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. But, you know, I'd like to give it a shot because I want a game with this theme. Nemesis hasn't done it for me. Maybe this one can do it instead. And next one, which everybody is going mad about at the moment. People I know on blogs and Twitter and that are raving about this game. Villagers. This is only in demo form. I think this has been a Kickstarter as well. I don't know. I don't pay much attention to Kickstarter anymore unless it's an established uh, publisher or something that really sings to me. But Sinister Fish Games are doing this one. And this is apparently an engine building and drafting card game. Comes in a fairly small box. Very simplistic artwork. But you're essentially starting from a tiny little farm and you're trying to prosper. But the idea that this can be done with a, you know, one to five players, so you've got a solo mode, the fact that it's claiming from here, you know, 30 to 60 minutes, and you've got all the different, like, you know, things you can be like lumberjack, miner, and so and so jobs, and the fact that you're drafting and building up a little tableau with a little village. Okay, I'm getting a kind of Seven Wonders esque vibe, but from a farm building perspective. Could be interesting. I'm certainly intrigued to see, but I hope it's not too small in the box for its own good. I mean, there's other games that have just gone ridiculous with the size of the box, and I feel it's too much of a constraint. But this one could be quite good. Looks clean, looks like it could be quite a streamlined little card game. Willing to give this one a good look at. Uh, next one is Quartermaster General The Cold War. Now, I don't go mad for the Quartermaster General games. The first one I was ho-hum about, I liked the uh, 1914 one, but some friends of mine uh, are obsessed with the Quartermaster General games, and we have played them and we have had a good time. I feel that they've gotten better as we go along. This one, the Cold War, sounds like it might be a theme I'm more interested in. Now, I'm not a history buff or anything, but I've seen everything to do with the First World War, and I've seen everything to do with the Second World War. Not a huge amount for the Cold War. I mean, you know, Twilight Struggle's way too big and dull and bleh, but... You know, this one, the fact that you're playing again in those sort of like team aspects and, you know, it's like everyone's teetering on that brink before all nuclear war start and everything like that. And I just feel that theme and the setting and the way this one's being portrayed might actually sing to me a bit more. The problem with these games, though, is that you need the max player count for it to really work. You can't afford for these games to have less players than the max count, but... Maybe this one could be one that I'd want to add if it sings to me. So we'll find out. Cold War, that, uh, I'm sure I think it was PSC Games. So um, I'll go over the uh, booth numbers. Actually, let me catch up on that. Uh, Saturn Server, A Porter Games, uh, booth A6 in Hall 1. Uh, Check Games Edition, uh, booth B2 in Hall 1. Uh, Alley Cat Games will be B6 in Hall 1. In fact, all of these are Hall 1, just assume Hall 1. Uh, Asthma Day is at C10. Uh, Hall or Nothing Productions, who do Life Form, is at E8. Uh, Sinister Fish Games for Villagers will be G3. And PSC Games will be G8. The last two that I've got on this list, uh, this one's more of a, I'm just going to buy it regardless. And that's J2 for Stonemire Games. Um, also, that might be the Board Game Extras booth. And I want the Viticulture Visit from the Rhine Valley expansion. 
I'm gonna buy this regardless. It's basically more cards, well, a replacement set of visitor cards for what is like my, what, second, third, fourth favorite game of all time. Of course I'm gonna buy this. Now the idea that it replaces the visitor cards already in the game kind of worries me a little bit because they're gonna, that means that I've now got the advanced visitor cards that I use all the time, the mini expansion for, what was it, the Uwe Rosenberg one, but now I've got this set which I have to choose which set I want to use. I don't know how I'm going to like that so much, considering I've got the others, but I've heard that this set focuses more on the wine aspect, winemaking aspect, and less on just gaining victory points. So maybe this is addressing a concern that some people have with Viticulture, where they think the victory points are a bit too skewed, a bit too uh, luck-sided, luck, luck you know, in the cards. If that's the case, then fine. I will give this one a try, but... More variety, more stuff for one of my favorite Euro games of all time. In fact, it is my favorite Euro game of all time. Then, yeah, of course I'm going to buy this. What do you think? Uh, let's see. And finally, this isn't really a new game. I just want to try it out. K2 for Grey Fox Games. I want to have a little play of Harvest Dice. I've never played this. It's a 15 to 30 minute uh, dice game. It was published last year. It's got the same. In fact, I've just noticed Danny Domain is the... Uh, designer, I think he also did Topiary that I reviewed earlier this year, which was a pleasant little filler game and very nice artwork. So if this is another light filler game with pleasant artwork, maybe I'll go for it. And I do like farming themes. I don't know what it is. Some people rag on the farming theme. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Agricola, fine, but I love Caverna and I do like other games that involve building up farms. I'm a good one with that theme. Maybe it's because I'm from Somerset, I don't know, but I've never worked on a farm, so hmm. So it's, yeah, I, I can see myself going for a Harvest Dice. I'd just like to give it a try because I haven't had a chance to yet. And that's it. I'm sorry that, I'm sorry if your game's not on that list. It doesn't mean that, you know, I think your game's bad or anything. It's just I'm looking for very specific criteria now that I've played so many games that I want to see new, I want to see innovative, I want to see different, I want something to catch my eye aesthetically. You know, there were some games that I looked on there that, I mean, I understand if your game's a prototype, fine, it's not going to look the business, but I've seen some there which are like, now this is near completion or something, and then I look at it and it's like, that looks super bland. Why would I want to turn my head to play this game? You know, you got to think about aesthetics as well. But there's all sorts of other people there. I mean, the exhibitor list in this is huge. There's plenty of people there. Loads of accessories, loads of artists, loads of games, loads of publishers, both indie, both you know, foreign from overseas, and you know, plenty of retailers, Board Game Extra, Chaos Cards, you know, um, Games Law, Board Game Guru, uh, Games Quest, you, know, you name it. They're, they're all going to be there. So there's plenty of games to buy, plenty of stuff to do. And that's pretty much all I can say on this little expo preview. I hope those games in particular, you might want to give those ones a look. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this expo. Even if it's not a huge list of games, chances are what will happen is I will browse around the expo, go to a publisher that I wasn't considering, something will catch my eye, or there'll be a space on the table, and I'll go, let's give it a try. I'll sit down, play it, and I might even find a hidden gem or two. It's happened in other expos and other conventions as well, and I love it when that happens. I tend to go in with low expectations for games, knowing that if it's going to surprise me, whoa, it's going to blow my mind. But I've been burnt a lot on Kickstarter hype trains. I've been burnt a lot on convention hype, where it's like, oh my god, I want to play this game. This looks so amazing. And then it's, eh. <laughs> you know, 
it does happen. So I go in with a slightly lowered you know, line for expectations, only to then hopefully be completely amazed and bewildered. So that's it for me. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. Hope you've enjoyed this little video preview, depending on how you're listening to this. You know, I look forward to seeing you on Thursday evening at the press event. If you're going to there, I'll be in the t-shirt. You should be able to find me easily. I look forward to meeting some of you, whether you're bloggers, whether you're just casual gamers, veteran gamers, whether you barely listen to what I do, if you've never met me before, I don't mind. You know, I just look forward to seeing you all at this great convention. See you on Thursday, all the way through Sunday. Take care, and remember it's still only a game at the end of the day. See you soon. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy life to listen to this podcast presentation. If you like what you hear, then please check out my other material on my various other platforms. Firstly, the blog, brokenmeeple.blogspot.co.uk, where you can find all my written reviews and links to my other material. You can find me on my Facebook page. You can also find me on Twitter, at The Broken Meeple, where you can ask me questions, get in touch, and just generally have a good conversation. You can also check out my YouTube channel, where I'm posting anything from a review, to a top 10 list, to board game app playthroughs, and hopefully much more in the future. And speaking of the future, if you want to support The Broken Meeple, then please subscribe to the Patreon campaign, where you can assist in helping me keep this blog up and running and try out new ideas in the future. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, and I hope you enjoy listening to my other material. For now, take care and enjoy playing games. For me and everyone else on the Dice Tower Network, have fun gaming. Remember folks, Dice Tower Network cares.